they had me in the first half of the first quarter, not going to lie. But uh, the Kings turned it up after that and were able to get a all-around pretty exceptional win, I would say. Uh, on the road again, why do the Kings just play so much better on the road than at home? I don't know, but they're able to lock up the Pacific Division, hang the banner. You can say it's dumb to hang division banners, but I like it. We get to hang the banner for the first time in 20 years. And we did it against a New Orleans team that's been playing really well as of late, and that had a lot to play for in this game, and we handled them pretty easily. This was one of the Kings' better defensive performances of the entire season. They started out really cold offensively. The first quarter was not great. They went down. I don't know if it was double digits, but around double digits early in that first quarter. Brandon Ingram was cooking. We just couldn't get out to him. We could not contain him, and he was cooking Herder one-on-one. Then he started making some tougher shots after he saw a few go down. I was like, why are we not just sending bodies at him? But then we adjusted. I thought Kessler Edwards was huge in slowing him down and turning the tide in that first quarter. And Davion Mitchell and Kessler Edwards as a duo defensively off the bench is just so much fun to watch because they would just have one of them slow down like McCollum and then McCollum would pass to Ingram and Kessler Edwards would be able to slow him down, stop him from getting to the basket and force them into a tough shot where they would be switching with each other. And so that was a really solid you know, perimeter defensive duo. And then, as we have been seeing these last few games, Alex Len, as the big off the bench, he was really, really good today. He was altering everything around the rim, just contesting every shot. Offensively, he was setting really good screens. He had one play where he caught the ball in the middle of the paint and made a really nice pass out to the perimeter for a three. So just, he did everything well. This was the best Alex Len game probably that I've ever seen. He had two blocks, four points, uh, and the only negative I would say was just at the start of the fourth quarter when he committed two unnecessary fouls and then Trey Lyles committed two fouls and all of a sudden the Pelicans are in the penalty two minutes into the quarter, which is kind of what happened in the third quarter too. But uh, other than that, he was really good. And there was one possession where he, he went out and when the Pelicans would set a screen, he would go out and guard on the perimeter, and then he would, you know, recover back, and then he went out again on the same possession, to, and he did that like three or four times of going out and guarding on the perimeter, and then recovering back inside. There's just one possession where he was everywhere, and I don't think it actually ended with a stop. I think it ended with a Malik Monk foul, but it was a Malik Monk foul where if he didn't foul him, I think Len was going to get the block anyways. And it's just nice to have a big guy out there that can get offensive rebounds off the bench, is going to get you defensive rebounds. And I think he has locked himself up a, a spot in the playoff rotation. Also, forgot to light the beam. There we go. The beam is lit. The Kings, this was their 25th road win on the season, which is tied for the most in franchise history, and they still have two more road games left. And this win confirms that they will have more road wins this season than home wins which is just so weird. The Kings were actually able to go up uh, three at the end of the first quarter, and most of that was just due to the defense. 
just only allowing 22 points in that quarter. Usually the Kings' first quarter defense is terrible, but in this one it was really active, really good. They went to a full court press where they forced turnovers, uh, forced a couple turnovers. Monk was active defensively in that. And the only reason we weren't up big was just missing open threes. Lyles, Barnes, Fox missed a bunch of shots. Uh, Herter was missing from outside, although he was keeping us in the game with his cuts. And and the Kings were dominating inside the paint, just couldn't hit from outside. Sabonis looked really dominant uh, in the paint. And then Herter with his cuts was had like eight points uh, all on uh, finishes inside the paint in that first quarter. So while I, I didn't like a lot of the three-point attempts, the Kings were getting inside and, and they settled down. And just started pounding the paint, which is what kept them in the game. And then the, the three-point shooting came around. Malik Monk beating the buzzer at uh, the end of that first quarter. And then Harrison Barnes beating the shot clock buzzer at the start of the um, second quarter as well. And then Malik Monk had a really good offensive game after missing the last game against the Spurs. So it was good to see him back. And he was very energetic. You know, he got his uh, little rest in, I guess. And he was ready to come back. And he was big offensively. In, especially in the first half. He had 17 points overall in the game. And I thought he was good on both ends of the floor. Monk was uh, active defensively, forcing steals, getting out in transition. He was good attacking the rim. He was knocking down outside shots. I mean, I, I feel like this was just such a good performance from the Kings overall and really encouraging because of it was the defense and then it was the um, dominance inside the paint that was keeping them uh, either attached in the first quarter or ahead in in later on. And then the three-point shooting started heating up, and that was Keegan Murray, 7 for 10 from three. He's now hit 201 three-pointers on the season, first rookie. Obviously, he already had the rookie record, so first rookie to hit 200-plus threes in a season. Both him and Herter, both over 200 threes on the season, both over 40% from three. The only other guys in the league that have done that, uh, that are doing that right now, are Steph, Clay, and Buddy Heald. Fox looked a little off kind of all game, but then, like, he was missing shots that he would normally make. He went 10 for 23, had a really rough start, but uh, he turned up a bit in the second quarter. He ended with 23 points, 9 assists. So 10 for 23 actually isn't that bad. But he was just getting to his spots and then just missing things that uh, surprised me that I thought he would be hitting. But I liked where he was getting to on the floor, especially after the first quarter where he was shooting a bunch of threes. But after that, he was attacking, getting to his mid-range shot and uh, getting to his floater. And I, I really like those shots for him. And normally he's going to hit even more of those and get even more than 23 points. But it was still a really good game for him. Off the bench, Davion, he had a very good game. I already mentioned his defense, and he forced an eight-second violation just with one-on-one -on -one pressure. And then off of that eight-second violation, he hit a midi, and he looked very confident. Like when the shot clock was going down or when he created enough space, he would take that mid-range jumper, and then he also hit two threes. And that was after he had one play early on where he was wide open in the middle of the paint and didn't take the shot, and then he turned it over on a pass to the outside. And I was like, what are you doing, man? 
like just shoot the ball. You are wide open because sometimes he does uh, get passive when he's inside and, and attacking. And he does like I like his mid range shot because he creates a lot of space for it. But I just also want to see him try to finish around the rim and try to get floaters like that's one thing that he probably needs to develop to really be a good offensive player as a floater because as a small guard he needs that to finish over the bigger players but it was still a really solid game for him kings pulled away at the end of the second and then they couldn't really uh extend it at all in the third quarter even though I felt like they were outplaying the Pelicans and it was because they just got into foul trouble so early and really unnecessarily and then we're just sending the Pelicans to the line and the Pelicans had at least it was at least 12 free throw attempts to the Kings I think two free throw attempts in that third quarter which is obviously not good and that's what kept the Pelicans in the game for longer than maybe they should have been but then the Kings were able to get stops at the end of that third quarter and really put them away and that's where Fox got a few baskets and where Len was key defensively and I think those fouls are probably something I can accept just because the Kings were playing physically defensively and were playing really well defensively which we just don't normally see and so if you know some fouls come with that like that's worth it to be able to actually be playing physical defensively and making the other team uncomfortable. Because, you know, like I said, at the start of the fourth, Len picked up two quick fouls, then Trey Lyles picked up two loose ball fouls. And while that they were some pretty dumb fouls, like none of them were, while the Pelicans were anywhere near threatening scoring, I think two of them were, you know, on our end of the court, near our basket. And then two of them were just when the other team wasn't going to be scoring. And so in that sense, they're not good fouls, but it's still good to see the effort and, and intensity defensively and trying to make the other team uncomfortable. Barnes had a solid game, just kind of doing what he normally does. He got to the free throw line in that fourth quarter to make sure that uh, we didn't let that lead get away early. And he just had a solid game of, of getting to his spots inside, getting the foul calls, uh, made one three, you know, was a little off early from three, but he was getting inside. And then Sabonis with another triple-double. That puts him, I think, one away from the franchise or Sacramento uh, record for triple-doubles. Chris Webber is one ahead of him in that, I think. Uh, and Sabonis, just, he had a dominant game, 16, 11, and 12. Was just dominating inside, dominating the glass. And just making the right decision every time, kicking out to shooters, and then the shooters finally started making shots, especially Keegan, who I don't know how he keeps getting so open. Like, it's really confusing to me. It's like other teams just don't see him as a threat because you watch Kevin Herter, and Kevin Herter has to work so hard to get open. They are always trailing him, just trying to bump him, being so physical with him. And then Keegan's just kind of like, trotting around, just like walks around Sabonis and they just leave him open. And it's like, have they not read the scouting report or is it just, I don't, I don't know, because it's not like he's really threatening to go by anyone. So they just, I don't know, they're just leaving him open and he's stepping into them confidently and obviously knocking them down for 21 points all on threes. 
I definitely got a little worried early in this game because, you know, we lost against the Spurs, obviously lost the home game before that. And the only other wins were against the terrible Portland team. And you don't want that kind of bad momentum heading in to, uh, to the playoffs. You want to be able to go into the playoffs with some good momentum and, and playing confidently. And so it was really good for us to be able to turn it around and, and have a pretty dominant victory. And especially in a way that uh, that we don't normally get wins, which is on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, we still put up 121 points, but limiting the Pelicans to 103 and doing it in a way that looked sustainable and wasn't just the Pelicans missing shots. And it was actually, you know, Kessler Edwards getting up into Ingram and Davion getting up into everyone and the solid rebounding from Sabonis and Len and Len contesting shots around the rim. It just was all around really solid. One of the more complete games for the Kings, I would say. Like I said, the Kings locked up the division, which means they locks up they lock up the three seed with three games to go. Memphis won tonight, so still two back of the two seed, pretty unlikely. But the Kings now play back to back against Dallas. Dallas had some talk. There were some rumors about them shutting down Luca and Kyrie for the season, but I think Luca debunked those saying he's healthy and there's a, a shot at them uh, making the play in playoffs then uh, then he won't be sitting down the Mavs are only one game back of the Thunder so a very important game for Dallas this game is in Dallas the last time the Kings played the Mavericks was when uh, they first got Kyrie Irving and so they they won that the Mavericks won the first matchup when they, I don't even think they had Luka in that game. And then it was the second one, which was the overtime game where Fox just absolutely took over. Kyrie was also, also had it going in the fourth quarter in overtime, but Fox was just better. And then from there, the Mavericks season pretty much fell apart. So uh, the Mavericks are, are coming in desperate, but they've also just looked terrible. They're, they have no defense. Uh, so the Kings should be able to pick them apart if they just attack. There's not much rim protection. They can attack the offensive glass because the Mavericks have Dwight Powell in there, who I don't think he's the best defensive rebounder. They just don't really have defensive players, and the Kings should be able to to eat against them, and uh, the Mavericks' offense isn't that great either. I mean, they have Luka and Kyrie, obviously, but... Uh, not really anybody else. So it's really make someone else beat you, I guess. Or you, they could always go with the strategy of just let uh, let Luca or Kyrie get theirs and then try to limit everyone else. I feel like the, uh, the Mavs are actually a pretty good matchup for the Kings. And I've said this before. I said this last time they played him because they play, uh, at least with Luca in the game, they play a lot of isolation basketball and I think that helps the Kings when uh, they're relying so much on Luka to make something happen and really it's just about whether he can hit the shot or whether someone else can hit the shot and there's not much offense outside of that and so that's more relying on the Mavericks just making shots rather than seeing if the Kings defense can really guard them I think we saw in the last matchup against the Mavericks 
the Kings struggled more when it was just Kyrie out there and uh, the ball was moving more. And so we'll see how the Kings look to guard Kyrie because obviously we have Davion, we have Kessler Edwards. Neither of them are in the starting lineup. So it'll be interesting to see how the rotations are with those two guys because I think, you know, outside of the very start of the game, you want one of those guys in a lot of the time to be guarding Luka or Kyrie or both of them. While this game doesn't really matter for the Kings, uh, I you know, like I said, it, it's good to get momentum going into the playoffs and be playing well, especially defensively, and be getting that confidence and get into that flow. So still a game you obviously want to look to win. Plus the Kings are looking for 50 wins if they win two out of their last three. Something I haven't mentioned on this uh, the podcast yet is uh, Matthew Delvadova is out. I think with, uh, I forget what the injury is, something with his hand or wrist broken something, I think, uh, and he's out indefinitely, which, uh, you know, doesn't seem like the biggest blow, and it's not because he didn't play, but, um, you know, if someone were, were to get injured between Fox and Davion Mitchell, Delhi's the guy that Mike Brown looks to, and so... Last time Delhi played, he was actually pretty good defensively. I've thought before, though, that we shouldn't even play him if one of Davion or, or Fox are out. So, I mean, come playoff time, he may not have even played anyways if there was an injury. But again, that's always an if there's an injury, so not that big of a deal. But I just thought, you know, I'd mention it. Anyways, that is it for this episode of The Roll Report. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore the Royal Report, and I will see you guys next time to recap the game against the Mavericks. Peace.